away, that they'll be restored. Twentyfold. Amen. Fantastic. Hey, uh, how many people enjoyed the uh, the Easter production that we had on? Remember the Easter production? Yeah. Fantastic. Well, of course, one of our, in fact, most of our lead actors are here right now, but really want to welcome um, Dana and the Right Reverend Kobe Hart to come up this morning. How many of you recognize Dana as one of the main actors? Yeah, yeah. She'll do a good job, huh? Yeah, yeah. And uh, one of the things that uh, for many of you may not have known is the, um, is the journey that Dana has been on. Uh, and uh, even when she was doing the production, she was kind of right in the middle of it. And, uh, and also, uh, Steve and Kobe. Is Steve here today? I can't see him. Blending in. <laughs> but Steve and Kobe Hart have done an amazing job just in their journey with Dana. And uh, doesn't she look fantastic this morning? And so this morning, we want to just um, share about the goodness of God, and uh, Dana's just going to share a little bit about her life, and um, it just the journey that God has brought her on into this place. Amen? And so I've got Kobe here, because Kobe's been, uh, and Steve have been working, she lives with them, uh, so they're going to just, she's going to help us along on this journey, and just give us a little bit of our background of the story. Well, I, I met Dana a long time ago. I met her, I guess, about 12 years ago. And I was called, I lived in New Plymouth and I was at the cathedral and I was called by another uh, Anglican priest to go to a house because these people were full of demons. And so we headed off to the house and on my way to the house the Lord said to me that this was an abandoned little girl. And so we got in the house and of course you could see all the demons. They were gothics, they were Satanists, Satan worshippers, uh, they had long sweeping hair and they wore long sweeping black clothes. And, and um, so we <laughs> went in there and the Lord said, don't touch the demons. Don't cast anything out. The Lord said, speak to the heart. And so I spoke to the abandoned little girl and she began to cry. And then the Lord said for me to go in every week I had to go into that house. And uh, I'd go into that house and I'd bring the word of God. The word transforms us, it washes us, it cleanses us. Mm. And so I went in with the word of God and I went with another young man that, that I'd also led out of the occult and uh, he's a preacher now, you know, teacher of the word and everything. And so I took him along with me and the old Anglican priest that I went with, we had this, we were like a tag team, you know, he'd catch the fish and I'd have to clean them. So, <laughs> so I'd go in and gut them and clean them and... Uh, but uh, that's how I met Dana, and then Dana and her husband were, uh, gave their lives to the Lord, and they were baptised down, and we baptised them at the beach, and yes, we do do that. <laughs> uh, we baptised them at the beach, and they, when they came to church in the cathedral, they'd walk down one of the aisles, and you could feel the whole church like breathing, like, mmm, because they were still wearing all their gear. And over time, God transformed them, and we really saw a, a powerful couple But the Lord said to me, uh, he gave me a vision of this woman, and this is a fulfillment even today as she stands on this platform, that she was going to preach to many people. And so he showed me a vision of her and her husband uh, preaching and testifying to a lot of people. And so that was the one thing that I held on to, and I've never, ever been able to let her go because of the vision. 
And so um, I just want to say, uh, Dana, you know, you came to Steve and I. My, oh, apologies too that my husband's not here today. My husband's been in and out of hospital for the last two weeks and uh, having tests done. So, uh, But he blessed her this morning and said, you're ready. Because mm. one of the things with us is we didn't want her to speak from her head. We wanted her to speak from her heart. And so we knew she had to be ready to do that for it to be real. And uh, so, Dana, you came to us uh, five months ago. Do you want to just um, tell us what was happening in your life uh, prior to you just coming to, to stay with us? When I first knew the Lord, um, way back when I was 18, everything picked up in my life. And um, we were amazingly blessed. God had given us a home. He'd given my son back that I'd lost he had um, restored my relationships and brought me out of being suicidal and brought me out of the kingdom of darkness. Unfortunately, after the birth of my second child, um, I was diagnosed with first postnatal depression, but then it was um, borderline personality disorder, bipolar disorder, bulimia, anorexia, post-traumatic stress disorder, anxiety, depression, and the long list. I, um, <laughs> I sort of sunk. I sunk into such a suicidal state that I became an alcoholic. I couldn't deal with my family. I couldn't deal with being a mother. Um, I, gained, I, I gained the wrong friends. Um, through drug and alcohol dependency and my psychotic episode, I actually assaulted my husband and faced five years in prison. Then um, our marriage continued to grow worse. And a couple of years ago, um, I lost my husband through adultery, drug, drug abuse. Um, I was in trouble with the law. I was... Um, I was in a really bad way. My mental health was so bad that Taranaki Mental Health um, had put me in the too-hard basket. They couldn't deal with me anymore. I was, I was a dangerous, reckless person to them, and they just simply gave up on me. My family abandoned me. Um, my friends abandoned me. And so they sent me down to Ashburn, Clinic, which is the top psychiatric rehab in New Zealand. It made me um, a little bit better, but I was more traumatised than anything. My mental illness continued to grow worse. And then my husband left me. And then both my children were taken from me. The Lord tripped me up one day. I was alone in my house. I was a drug addict. I had sunk very, very low. I was associating with criminals, drug addicts, prostitutes, the lowest of the low. And the Lord took my feet out from underneath me one day and, and I fell flat on the floor in my house. And I just bawled my eyes out. I was crying. I was on 17 pills a day for my mental health because of my psychotic episodes, my disassociation. I was um, very deceptive. 
manipulative. Um, like as I had said, my whole family had abandoned me. My, all my friends abandoned me. The only people that wanted to know me were the drug addicts who could get something from me, or the men who could get something from me. And I was on the floor, and I, I cried out to the Lord, and and it hit me. I've lost everything. I was about to lose my home. And so I think that was the beginning of, you know, how low do you have to stoop? Because every time these bad things would happen in my life, you know, when I first thought I lost my husband, I thought that was it. You know, I can't sink any lower. Then they took my youngest son away from me. And then I thought, you know, I can't sink any lower. And then I lost my other son, and I was by myself. And I, I knew I needed help. Every day I, w- I was on drugs just to survive because I just wanted to die. I'd had multiple suicide attempts. Multiple, multiple suicide attempts. I'd been put in the ward multiple, multiple times. I got in contact with Kobe. And she said to me, you need to come here or you're going to die. I, I stand before you as 60 kilos. I was 43 kilos. I wasn't eating. My food would, was drugs. I didn't want to face each day. Because I backslid from the Lord, I believe that he taken his hand off and allowed me to really sink that low to show me what it is like without him in my life. Because I knew God. I had known God. And I walked away from him. When I came to Kobe, I said to the Lord, I will give you everything. I will leave everything behind. I will leave my children. I will leave my husband, who I still wanted to get um, reconciled with. I will leave everything um, and I will come and follow you. I don't know what I'm coming to, but I know I'm going to come to you. And so I packed up what little I had and I jumped in a car and I came to Kobe and Steve. In Psalm 107 it says, He brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death and broke their chains in pieces. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for he is good and for his wonderful works to the children of men. For he has broken the gates of bronze and cut the bars of iron in two. The moment she made that decision to come, that's what was happening for her. God met her 100% on that road. Fools because of their transgressions. You know, sin's easy to forgive when we say, Lord, forgive me for my sin. But a transgression, this is what we were dealing with. We were dealing with willful rebellion. Deliberately choosing to be deceitful. Deliberately choosing to lie. Deliberately choosing to have relationships with men. Deliberately choosing to steal. And there's a big list. (laughs) Transgressions. He was wounded for our transgressions. Mm. 
and he was bruised for our iniquities. And the next line says, and because of their iniquities, their perversions, that's what that word means. He was bruised for our perversions. And because of their iniquities, we're afflicted. So she suffered many afflictions. Their soul abhorred in all manner of food. She couldn't eat food. And they drew near to the gates of death. And that's where she was. Her health professional said, you're going to die. I said to her on the phone, you're going to die. If you don't get over here, you will die. And they drew near to the gates of death. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble and he saved them out of their distresses and he sent his word and he healed them and delivered them from their destructions. When I came here, I played Zoe. Not many of you know that that's really who I was. God called me into that role, not only to heal me, but for me to wake up to myself. When I played that role, God was giving me a deep revelation of how I'd been acting and treating my family, my friends, my children. That's who I was. And I didn't, I didn't want to face that. I didn't want to believe that I was full of manipulation, lies. I was selfish self-centered it was all about me everything had to be my way I, I couldn't see anyone else's perspective because my perspective was so warped from all the drugs and, uh, and all the trauma that I had suffered but I'd also believed that these lies that were slapped on me from mental health that I was mental I was crazy you know I was never going to get better um all the drugs that they'd given me had not, had not helped me one bit. 17 pills a day. I wasn't any better off for it. And so when I came to Kobe and Steve, I had to start waking up. The Lord wanted me to wake up to what I was doing, what I'd been. <laughs> I had to grow up. I had to face myself. And I tell you what, that is the hardest thing you will ever have to do, is look in and face yourself. Mm. And he began to reveal to me my deception, my lies, my selfishness, my warped thinking. Um, I, I, would, I, would, I would say one thing and do another thing. Um, he, he gave me a great revelation of the sin I was carrying and just how corrupt I'd become and... To know his love, I had to start changing. And so I began to face my behaviours, ugly behaviours. He gave me a dream and he told me in this dream that he was going to expose me. And it was the behaviours that he had had to expose. And there's one thing going, okay, I'm going to deal with my sin. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to live a godly life. But it's a whole different thing to really work mm. and act and live it, and I tell you what, day by day by day by day, it has been work, effort, it has not always been pretty, it has been hard, um, Kobe and Steve have had to go through a lot, they've had to face Zoe a few times, like I'm serious, it was bad, and um, but every time the Lord would deal with the behaviour, 
we'd, we'd deal with it, we'd put it to death, and then he'd bring me up to a new level, a new behavior. Mm. And then I'd deal with that. And slowly over the past five months, I've gone down from 17 mental health pills a day to five. Wow, fantastic. So when she was in the production, a lot of people didn't know, but the psych doctor removed the antipsychotics. And I've walked with Dana through mental health and been with her doctors and that through the years. And uh, the week the antipsychotics were removed was the week that she was to stand on this stage and do okay. that production. And everything that sets, triggers a psychotic episode was coming through her, the, the whole, uh, the adrenaline rush, the anger, the rage, the yelling is enough to trigger a psychotic episode. And so I sat on the edge of my seat, Steve and I, and we were just watched. Like, like <laughs> is this going to happen? And she hit the floor at one stage and we thought, this is it. Uh, call the ambulance. And, uh, but it didn't happen and God was proving himself in it. You know, they can't heal mental illness, those pills don't work. They don't heal a wounded heart. They don't heal a wounded spirit. Mm. It's only God, it's only Jesus that can heal that. Yeah. And you know, when we took her into our home, we saw Zoe a lot. And she would be, um, she didn't know who she was, her identity. She was like a teenager. And she would yell and swear and she'd stamp her feet and shake her fists at us and it was like having a teenager in the house and I had to keep reminding her who she was and I would say to her Dana you're a 30 year old woman you're a mother and you you have two children and you have a husband and so I had to keep speaking that into her what the truth was and when we took her on my husband said to her now this journey it's not going to be easy because we're going to be truthful with you and you know when you are dead offence doesn't affect me and my husband. My husband used to be a policeman and I used to be like Dana. And so, <laughs> you know, now there's the two of us working on her. So you can call us what you like. We're still going to love you. She did everything to sabotage being with us. She was the worst of the worst so that we would kick her out because she'd always been kicked out, that people had let her down. But no, we're pretty tough and we're pretty thick-skinned and, and so we just thought, just washes over us. And we would come back and we would say when she had a wobble and she went and she got drunk downtown here when she first arrived, you know, and we went out there and we got her and we brought her back home and she just thought, that's it, that's it, I've blown it. And we said to her, you have lost no ground. And that's the lie of the enemy that he would believe that when yeah. you fall down, that you have lost ground, you've lost nothing. In fact, you are gaining ground. She gained ground because she stayed. She stayed every day. Amen. I'd wonder, is this the day she's going to pack her bags and leave? You know, what's she going to wake up like today? And so we've had amazing breakthroughs and breaking of patterns in her life. That uh, You know the story of the paralytic when the friends carried their friend to Jesus? It took some effort, I tell you. I said to her, when you get up there and you do your testimony, yeah, the church can clap you, but boy, they need to give me and Steve a standing ovation. <laughs> Because I'll tell you what. (laughs) 
And that's for all of you caregivers out there. All of you people that have walked a long time with somebody. You know, I walk a long time. I've got, I've got that reputation. I walk a long time with people. And, uh, and I always kept my same phone number because of people like Dana. Because I got that phone call in the middle of the night. And those friends, they carried them and they broke through. I tell you what, it takes some effort to be breaking through yeah. in the spirit if you're praying for anybody. Yeah. If you are carrying them. And then when, when, his, when uh, that person was lowered down to Jesus... He said, your sins are forgiven. He's more concerned about her eternal salvation, Mm. you know. And I think the friends must have thought, huh, I brought you to Jesus to get healed. (laughs) I came up into the altar, altar, you know, prayer many times and I thought you were going to get healed. But no, Jesus is more concerned about dealing with your rubbish, dealing with the things that are going to stop you from inheriting Mm. the kingdom of God. You know what, the Lord, I went to many, many, many prayer um, healing seminars, whether it was Western Carrier, whether it was in churches, um, and I always wondered, you know what, Lord, why, why am I still mentally crazy? Why, why am I off the top? You know, because I was the worst of the worst. I do bizarre things. And um, you know what the Lord said to me? He said to me, you had to go through what you went through you had to be at the bottom because you had to learn how to conquer this on your own, not just have some magic wand mm. thrown at you. Yeah. You know, you're healed, you're healed. He wanted me to go through everything so I know the gravity and the weight of what it feels like to work for your salvation yeah. and to get better. And I had to make that conscious decision. I want to be well because mm. you know what? I wanted to be well, but I wanted someone else to heal me. Yeah. I wanted to sit there in church and I wanted someone else to pray for me and heal me. I didn't want to do the work yeah. that is involved in actually cleaning yourself out. Yeah. You know, because I, we, we look back now and I wasn't mentally unwell. I had a lot of behavioral problems and it was that that God wanted me to sort out. My behavior, my willful, um, my, my willful part in sin. I was, I was in willful, deliberate sin, expecting God to deliver me. Mm. You know, I, I, had to, I had to get that sin exposed, and then I had to deal with it and repent of it. And every time I did, the Lord would bring me to a new glory. Wow. And my mind would be restored. Wow. And the oppression... Since I have been here, he has restored my marriage. He has given my children back. Wow. He has restored my mind. I don't wake up depressed anymore. I used to wake up every day thinking, how, how can I kill myself? I wake up every day now praising Jesus. Wow. Praising Jesus. Fantastic. But another thing I want to say is, if it weren't for... My lifeline, when I was in that depressed, suicidal state, there was one woman that I knew would know God, that would respond to me, because everyone else had abandoned me. No one wanted to know me. No one cared if I said, you know, I I feel like I'm going to kill myself. No one cared. I reached out to Kobe. She has walked with me for 12 years. She has come into my home when I have been at my worst, drunk. 
oh, you know, like worst, really bad situations. And she has looked after me and only, you know, acted in love. She's shown me what God's love truly is. And if it weren't for her and Steve doing what they did, I would be dead. I wouldn't be here today. And I want to honour Kobe mm. for her as a... Yeah. You know, when, when bad things are happening with us, it's bigger than you. Mm. You know, we've got to get a grip. We've got to grow up. Because what was happening to her was bigger than her. It was about her family. It was about her husband. And her mother and father, who divorced 22 years ago, never married anybody else. But they couldn't say a nice word to each other. Because of what's happened with her. Because they can see God in this. Because nothing else worked. Her father turned to the Lord. Wow. Her father came to the production. Her mother and father having coffee. Yeah. You see, it's bigger. Whatever we're going through, it's bigger than you. Yeah. It's about other people. God wants to use us, and he wants to use your testimony. And I'm seeing this. I am seeing God breaking families free as I travel across the country. And there's that scripture, you know, the one who breaks open will come up before them. They will break out, pass through the gate, and go out by it. Their king will pass before them with the Lord at their head. Jesus is the mighty chain breaker. Amen. He is the one that breaks those gates of iron. And it's for the sake of our families. It's the sake of the lost. It's for the sake of those that are right at the pit to snatch them from the fires of hell. And you know what? Dana was right because that paralytic, Jesus prayed for him and said, I forgive your sins. But he told the man, and he's speaking to you today, and he's telling you today, he's telling a man in here today, he's saying, take up your mat and walk because you've been stuck. And it was... She had to do something. At times we'd say to her, that's not demons, because I tell you, we know what demons are. I would say, that's not the medication, because she'd play on the medication. My medication's making me behave like that rubbish. That's, um, that's my yeah. And we would say, no, that is your flesh. Yeah. And your flesh loves your sin. And your flesh needs to die. And so she's had to pick up her mat and begin to walk and deal with her stuff. Come on, people. We need to deal with our stuff. We need to stop blaming others. And we need to... Jesus has given us the keys. Jesus spoke the word in that house with that paralytic. That's what he did. He spoke the word. He was preaching at the time. And it was enough for that man to hear and pick up that mat, to believe Jesus, pick up that mat and walk. And I want to say that today, that God is calling you. The, the Lazarus in the tomb, there's somebody in here, you're a man, and God is calling out to you. You're in a place of death. You're in a stuck place. And, you know, when the Lord called, it was his ears, Lazarus' ears had to hear first before his feet got off that slab and stood. Yeah. And God is speaking to you today. And he's saying it's your time to come out of that dark place and to come into the light. That God's light is shining upon you today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Sorry. But 
there's that, what was that saying in the, Robin's character said? Free enough. I'm free enough. I don't, you know. And about three weeks ago, I spoke to Dana because I said, you've plateaued. You know, you come to that place, oh, well, I'm happy where I am now, you know. But boy, there is more stuff to do because we're dealing with other addictions that are big, that are massive. Mm. And, um, but she'd come to this place and I said, you, you've like plateaued. You're going to have to dig down. You're going to have to really get into the word and really start digging in because you've got to build that muscle to be able to, you know, you've yeah. got to add strength to be able to start moving up because the workout's getting harder. Mm. And, um, and so that's what she did. Yeah, even the last two weeks, there has been such a, such a significant shift in my relationship with the Lord. The first time I've had a true, a true, deep, real encounter with the Father. I used to pray, only pray to Jesus because I thought that God was this, like he was saying, you know, this, this man ready to zap you. Because my father was very, very critical, judgmental, harsh. And um, so I pressed in and pressed in and pressed in and pressed in. And, and I, God gave me this amazing revelation of his love. And he spoke to me in a way that, and it hit my heart. And I received it. And then I wanted to shift to that next level. You know, when you encounter the Father, it doesn't become a chore anymore. You want to move. You want to grow. And, and that's really where I'm at. I mean, he's just... I just want to give God glory for everything he's taken away. You know, the drug addictions, the behaviours, the manipulation, the deceit, the control, the spirit of Jezebel. Yeah. And, and I'm still working on addictions, certain addictions. They may not be drug addictions, but they are other addictions. But I know that as I, as, as I align myself with the word of Christ in obedience, that every single one of them is going to fall off. Amen. Every single one of them. Amen. So I want to give you opportunity. And I know that that word has been resonating the word that we've been speaking off this platform this morning, because it is about freedom. It's about choices. Yeah. Uh, my husband always talks to Dana about making the right choices. Where will that choice take you? you to, to your, to to yeah. your destiny? Or will it keep you where you are and stuck? Mm. Are there things that need to come off? Does flesh need to die? Because, boy, I think I can smell it here. And it's rotten. Flesh has to die at the cross. Mm. And so we want to open up the altar this morning for those transgressions, those deliberate, willful sins that hold us bound. Mm. You know, Dana had a piercing on her face, but she had one here, and the Holy Spirit said to me, spirit of prostitution is on that little piercing. And I spoke to her and I said, this is what the Lord said to me. And, yeah. <laughs> and I said, I said um, this is what the Lord said, spirit of prostitution on that. And she just, her face, she just went, ugh. And she said that her husband couldn't get near her face. 
it, it was repelling. She didn't even realize. And there were traits there that he, he was actually treating her like a prostitute, but he couldn't help it because of the spirit that was there. And so she took it out. Oh, at first she said, oh, yes, but Zoe, I have to wear this for that Zoe character. And I said, you're wearing it because you love your sin. And she was like, I said, you're, I said, that's because you love it. Your flesh has to die. <laughs> she took it out and her husband came to visit and that was the first thing that he noticed and he said, I hated that thing. He said, I couldn't get near you because of that thing. And he called me beautiful every single day since. Wow. <laughs> Fantastic. There are things, come on now. I've had people in this church say to me, Kobe, will you take me on because I mentor people? And, and I just say, well, look, you know, if you're going to come with me, it's boot camp. You know, and I, because I don't have time to muck around, you know, and, you know, we just need to deal with it straight and I'm going to just tell you the truth straight up and down, whatever it is that you're dealing with. Are you going to lie to me? Because when I mentored people, I used to say, I'd, I'd ask them five questions. Usually I mentor young men. And I'd say, you know, how are you dealing with lust? How was your thought life? What's your prayer life like? The last question I always ask them is, have you lied about the previous questions? (laughs) God, straight up. And, you know, it doesn't have to take you 30, 40 years to get free. God can do it here right now, today. He can break those chains today. He's the mighty chain breaker. Amen. And he, there is a breaker anointing in this house mm. to break those chains. And so we want to welcome you to come to the altar. Come to the altar. Come and repent. Come and say, Lord, forgive me. Lord, I, where I've deliberately, I've turned away from you, Lord, because I'm turning to that thing. And it's had a hold on me. But today I'm breaking that today. Lord, I repent of it. Lord, I renounce it and I turn away from it today in Jesus' name. And where you want healing, because I tell you what, when you get free, your family's going to get free. Anyone around you is going to get free. (laughs) Do you want that freedom in your life? Do you want to see others in your family get set, set free? I've seen it recently when I was at a tangi a couple of weeks ago. I saw my family members delivered and set free. And that surprised the heck out of me because I've worked with families for years, but then to go and to see it like God just dropped it on me like that. And there was like repentance and forgiveness and reconciliation. And I thought, wow, God, thank you, Jesus. You can do it today. You can start that process today for you and your family, for you and those that you love. You can start the process of healing today. And let me tell you, I know, like even on the way here I felt there are people that come to church and you're looking at somebody else's wife or you're looking at the single woman in the church. You need to repent. You need to repent because you're bringing a curse on your wife and a curse on your family. There are people in church who, who are doing things that they shouldn't be doing. They can't, people can't see Jesus in us when we're carrying all this garbage around. When we're carrying the weight of that sin, when we're averting our eyes and we're looking at somebody else, when we're lusting after things that we shouldn't be, 
when we're so full of sin. Jesus said, for as many as I love, I rebuke and I chasten. Therefore, be zealous. Mm. Woohoo! Yeah. And repent. Be zealous. <laughs> be dead keen to do it. Yeah. You know, and you're going to get results. Things are going to break off you today in yeah. Jesus' name. Fantastic. Amazing testimony, amen. It's just the beginning. <laughs> and uh, I don't know about you, but I just sense, you know, the Holy Spirit just speaking to different ones here. And uh, you know, he's a good God. He's, he's full of love and rich in mercy. Um, we also need to come to him, come boldly and bring our, our sin, bring our lives before him. It's not like we can't hide from him. <laughs> you know, we can pretend to hide, but we can't hide. And uh, just, just music team, just, just stay where you are, Linda. Yeah, right, just come on up. That's right. But even the worship team, I don't, don't want to take this opportunity away from you. Uh, but right now, I just want you to just close your eyes. Just bow your heads. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you are the spirit of truth. The more we let you into our lives, the more that you can change us. Lord, I ask right now, Holy Spirit, that you would speak to every one of us here today. Lord, that you'd speak into the areas that we're trying to hide from you. We know, Lord, that you are, you are rich in love, rich in mercy. You're not angry with us, but you still want to talk about these things that we're trying to hide. You still want to lead us into repentance. I ask, Holy Spirit, that you would just speak right now. Thank you, Lord. We just want you to come. Just come. God knows your heart. He knows the struggle. Just come. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Surrender it today. Surrender it today in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. That's why it doesn't work. You've been doing it your way and not God's way. But he's made a way for you. He's made a way in the wilderness. And some of you have felt that, that you've felt dry and you've felt like that you're in the wilderness. Can we have the people come to the front, the people... Prayer people. Ooh. 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Just wait, just wait. Thank you, Lord. Father, we repent. Lord, we come to you today, Lord. Lord, that's an act of faith. Lord, that we step forward and we say, yes, Lord, it's me. Yes, Lord, you know everything about us, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And Lord, in spite of us, Lord, you see beyond all of that and you see me. You see my heart. You see my true self. You see my identity. And Lord, all those things that have come to rob and to hold back from your presence. Ooh, is that this? Is that this? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Holy God. We come now and we surrender. Yes. We surrender. We give in, Father. And Lord, we give it to you today. I wonder if you could just um, just begin to speak out. If you can speak out. Take the ground away from Satan today and speak out. Whatever it is, just quietly. No one has to really hear, but just speak it out of your mouth. The thing, Lord, that I bring today, my willful sin, my willful disobedience, the thing that has held me back, held me bound, Lord, because I've loved my sin more than I've loved you. But today, Lord, I come and I turn away from that and I turn to you. And I'm saying, Lord, I put my hand in your hand today. Mm. I'm taking up my mat and I'm going to walk the way that you want me to walk in in the direction that you've called me to today. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. I just want you all just to follow me in this prayer. Heavenly Father, I come to you right now. I bring before you the sin in my life. The sin that I try and hide from you. Today, Lord Jesus, I bring it to you. I ask for your forgiveness. I ask for your mercy today. Today, Lord, by faith, I receive that mercy. I receive your forgiveness in my heart. Heavenly Father, I ask you today for your grace, for your enabling power to come into my life afresh that I could work out my salvation. Today I thank you. Jesus, I thank you. Amen. One of the things I want to encourage you with this. Salvation, one, is a free gift. But two, the Bible also says that we've got to work out our salvation. It's a free gift, but you've got to work it out. You've got to work out the saving and the redeeming of your soul.